he was grabbed on the street by three men and brought to this spot in the desert. After I was kicked around some, I was thrown down on the ground. The guy climbed up on me, put his knees on my arms and shoulders, and he stuck his thumbs in my eyes. He just grabbed my head, you know, and started pushing his thumbs into my eyes. Um, after I was laying there, I couldn't get up anymore. I was just kind of laying there. And uh, the guy straddled me and uh, he urinated on me. sure that you'd never see again? Um, it seemed to me that way. I hadn't screamed out and told him that I was blinded at the time. Um, he may literally pulled my eyes completely out of my head. Hey, welcome to Every Night's a School Night number 85. Back to back Every Night's a School Nights. Here in June. And what you just heard was Lil Babs. Lil Babs with Rot Arat Svartpavit, pronouncing that wrong. It's Swedish. Little Babs, if you're not familiar, was a just all-around pop culture icon in Sweden in decades past. I would say fashion as well as music, just everything. She kind of did a little bit of everything, a lot of bit of everything maybe. I don't know if her name refers to Little, because in my mind I see L-I-L, Babs, and I assume it means little babs, little babs. But I'm not entirely sure. I don't know if Sweden at that time would have been using the diminutive of little, L-I-L. It could just be the name Lil. You know, I've never actually looked into it. Little babs. In my mind, it's little babs. 
but uh, she's good. She's fun. I felt it was time to introduce this episode. It was time to introduce an episode with Lil Babs, just to get things started right. And we're going to play a couple songs by a guy named Teddy Riddell, R-E-D-E-L-L, Teddy Riddell, and it turns out his real name is Rydell, R-I-E-D-E-L. I understand the decision. Sometimes you can clearly understand the business decision behind a name change. It makes sense that a guy with the last name Riedel, Rydell, however you say R-I-E-D-E-L, it makes sense why he changed his last name to Riddell. And Riddell fits with the just the sound of this era. I've mentioned before all of the all of the different groups that used the word Dell. The Dell Satins. The Deltones. Then you have the Trendells. Then you have you have Dell used as both a prefix and a suffix for whatever reason in doo-wop and teen music. And it goes for names as well. Like having the name Teddy Riddell sounds very 50s. It sounds very appealing in a 1950s sense. Although those two songs, or these two songs, are actually from... The first one's going to be from 1966, which I question. It does not sound like 1966 to me. It was released in 1966, so it makes me wonder if maybe it was recorded a few years earlier. Because I can't tell you know I, I can tell with this sort of thing there's a certain jump in production value even the small studios there's a certain jump in production value that happens around the mid 60s but you never know so uh we're going to play two songs by teddy riddell crawling back to you from 1966 at least published in 1966 and then don't grow old alone 1961 <laughs>
tunes there i just love that lyric i love the the idea of the real me crawling back to you because the song is called crawling back to you but the lyric is this is the real me crawling back to you hey baby hey baby it's just the real me crawling back to you it's the real me this time baby i'm coming i'm crawling back to you baby it's the real me crawling back the real me is crawling back to you, baby. The real me is crawling back to you. I'm crawling back to you, baby. It's the real me this time. Something to say to the next time you have a you have girl trouble, tell your girlfriend that. And that second one, that very uh, sappy, don't grow old alone song. It's a good one. You know those girls who get really sad on Valentine's Day? Those single women who act like they're like, oh, today's going to be about self-care and me and the girls are going to get like wine and chocolates, you know, send that song to them. Send that like there's that certain sort of woman who like puts on her thickest armor on Valentine's Day when she's single. And that song will just crack her armor. Not that you should do that. Not that you should do that to somebody who's sad about the fact that they're single. I'm just telling you there's ammunition available if you want it. I mean, there's men that you could send that song to and you'd crack their armor. Crack their heads open, practically. (laughs) Here's a song that'll crack your head open. 
Now, we're not thinking about heads here. We're, we're moving down a little bit because this next song is about the heart, not the head. And it's by Don Epperson. Don Epperson and his Kentuckians is the full name of the group. But we're, we're focusing on Don here. We're focusing on Don here. Tell the Kentuckians to, you know, tell the, tell the, the guy working the lights, uh, don't even shine the lights on the Kentuckians. Shine all the lights on Don Epperson here. Don Epperson. Oh, look at him. He thinks he's some kind of Don Epperson. Who's Don Epperson? Green Light in My Heart here by Don Epperson. It's a good twangy country tune from 1961. Green light in my heart. And I'm not thinking traffic lights. When I hear a song title like Green Light in My Heart, I'm not thinking traffic lights. I'm just thinking about a mysterious glowing green light emanating from someone's heart. That's what I think of, not traffic lights. But traffic lights are okay too. You know, and nothing but green lights just cruising. Cruising in your car, hitting green light after green light. Doesn't matter if it's in your heart. Doesn't matter if it's, you know, hanging from a a telephone pole. Green lights are good all around. Don Epperson. Someone else today So please don't ask me to forgive My heart won't let me stay The green light in my heart, dear Is telling me to go Foolish pride won't let me stay Although I love you so I've always wondered if you care Guess I'll never know come by and let us kind of show you a clip of them. Let you sit down in the chair and um, 
So to get you familiar with those surroundings. Yeah. Would that interest you? Mm -hmm. When you do go to court, uh, you're going to sit in the witness chair, and you're going to swear you in, and you're going to be sitting right across from that defendant, and you're going to have to identify him, and uh, say, yeah, that's the guy that did it. And how do you feel about doing that? Just admiring the view And we thought that we would go downtown And find something to do And we saw this place upon the corner And it looked real swell So we opened the door and we went inside This is what we yell now, pizza Hey, pizza Well, I got a chick I really dig I'm gonna love her all I'm I'm gonna tell them why Cause she stands in the kitchen and makes me So help me, this is my reply Cause they've been born in bread and always fed on great big pizza pies Now pizza Hey pizza Well, 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 and how long I'm getting old Hey brother, and I'm getting ready to die But there's one request that I must make before I hit the sky Request is something no man in his right mind did not deny. Cause when they put me six feet under, I'm taking a great big pizza pie now, pizza. Yeah, you know, that's what everybody wants. When I die, bury me with a pizza. Like how all of his priorities involve pizza. You know, there's all these people, these young people today who, I don't know, they have this kind of punchline that they go around with where it's like, pizza, hey guys, hey guys, pizza, pizza, remember pizza? Do you guys remember pizza? <laughs> Dude, look at this, I got, I got pizza shoes. My shoes look like slices of pizza. Oh, my... Dude, oh, my God. I can't believe that you have a shirt that just says pizza. Now, I'm being mean, but still... At some point, that just became, like, the punchline of the genera of my generation. Because pizza's great. I mean, we all know... I mean, pizza speaks for itself. I guess that's how I feel about these people who are putting pizza on everything. Pizza speaks for itself. We all know why pizza's good. We all know why it's enjoyable. That guy you just heard really knows. And if you're going to express how much you like pizza, he set a pretty high bar. He set a pretty high bar for how you should express your love of pizza. I mean, some of the things he said in that song, you know, what he likes about his wife is that she just stays in the kitchen cooking him pizza pie. 
It's all she does is cooks him pizza. And then he has kids, and he talks about how big and tall and strong they are because all they eat is pizza. He wants pizza when he dies. What's funny is to imagine that this pizza family. Oh, the pizza family. You walk by their house, and you just smell pizza. You smell pizza all the time. And so we call them the pizza family. And you know what? They even respond to that. If you if you walk by and you see them in the yard eating pizza, you just say, hey, pizza. And they say, hey. No, but anyway, it was Norman, Ro- Norman Fox and the Rob Roys was the name of the group. But, uh, you know, back in those days, back in those days, they used to think that pizza made for a good, uh, tall, strong kid. You could raise your kids on pizza. That was back, like, you know how the cigarette companies used to pay people to, they used to pay doctors to say that cigarettes were good for you. The same thing used to happen with pizza. But people do it even more now. That's the difference with cigarettes, is people do it even more now. Whereas fewer and fewer people smoke. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I I think if you're going to do a song about pizza incorporating marriage child raising and death including like up to the point of being placed in the ground as he says I think you should include all of that that's a fun one though and uh, we're gonna play a song by a guy where I don't even know if this is his real name I don't I don't even know if this is his real name because he goes by Johnny Doe not to be confused with John Doe just plain old John Doe wasn't enough. Johnny Doe. And this is Cab Driving Man. Kind of a variation on the trucker songs that you hear. You know, there's that subgenre of country that I would call trucker, truck driving country, where it's all about driving, uh, you know, semi-trucks, 18-wheelers, which I, I hesitate to listen to. I always feel a little bit uncomfortable listening to trucker, truck driving country because it's so far removed from me. And I feel like there's a certain sort of person who didn't grow up, particularly blue collar, who listens to country and kind of pretends they are. They listen to country and they're like, yeah, yeah, I come from a family of truck drivers. Dude, I listen to trucker country because I come from a long line of truckers. Just, you know, salt-of-the-earth type truck drivers, you know what I mean? That's, like, my people, man. Like, I feel like there's people who listen to that music and, like, get in that mindset. And I don't want to be one of those people. I don't want to be one of those people who listens to trucker country and is like, dude, this is me. This is, this is like, the kind of family I come from. This is the kind of dude I am. Just 18 wheelers. Although, like, thinking that way goes against my entire attitude toward art and music where like, I don't think you have to be the thing you're listening to, to enjoy it. I mean, in most cases you couldn't possibly be the thing. If you listen to music that uses fantasy themes, it's like, Oh, because you're not a dwarf or a dragon, you can't listen to this. Sorry. I think it's a different story though. If you are imagining, if you are listening to it, pretending you are a dwarf or a dragon or a dwarf dragon, Dude, when I listen to the uh, when I listen to summoning, 
I pretend that I'm a dwarf dragon. And that I come from a long line of dwarf dragons. I don't know, I guess I'm just sensitive to anybody trying to pretend they're more blue-collar than they are. Because you see it all the time. It's, this, it's, it's the equivalent of people trying to pretend they're more ghetto than they are, too. And it's what I've said about the middle class many times, which... There's this idea that the middle class is disappearing. And while that may be true... The middle class has also been trying to disappear as long as I've been alive. They're always trying to pretend to be something they're not. The middle class, in my experience, is always either pretending to be more wealthy than they actually are, or they're pretending to be more poor than they actually are. Because those are much firmer identities. The middle class doesn't have a strong cultural identity. So you know, is this move of desperation. They're like, oh, if we seem like we have more money, we can go to the country clubs and we can own a boat and we can feel like we belong with the rich people. When the reality is rich people can sniff out the middle class among them like nothing else. You know, it's like a, a cat smelling a rat. You know, truly wealthy people smell middle class. And so you never, so middle class people who pretend to be wealthier than they are to fit in with some sort of upper class, they get sniffed out easily. And so they they don't end up becoming accepted. And then the same thing is true when the middle class tries to identify with poor people or people who are simply more blue collar, people who have to work a little bit harder, who live a little harder. Those people sniff it out too. Those people probably sniff it out better than anybody. Poor people can sniff out somebody who has money, who's trying to seem down home. They can sniff that out right away. And to them, being, you know, having just a comfortable middle class existence is wealth. That's, it seems like a lot, whereas if you grow up in a middle-class environment, it's just kind of how things are, and you take it for granted. Even if you're aware of it, even if you are aware of the fact that not everyone lives just a, your standard middle-class lifestyle, you still have a tendency to, just to take that fact for granted, that you're not surrounded by squalor, and you're also not surrounded by true wealth. But anyway, that's a a common conversation on here when the idea of class comes up. Just the idea that one of the reasons the middle class is disappearing is because it seems like the middle class is always trying to be the class above it or the class below it. And it's not even trying to build its own identity when it really did have one. I mean, the middle class produced most of my friends. It produced me. You know, so like the idea that it's like completely devoid of culture is nonsense. It's just people have focused on the wrong things. Johnny Doe, cab driving man. This is what happens, though, anytime that I play a particularly like working class song. Although this one's a variation. I think this one's a little more interesting because it's called Cab Driving Man. And it's completely, like, stylistically, it's like the exact same style of country as trucker country. But this guy drives a cab. Johnny Doe drives a cab. You ever heard of Johnny Doe? He's the best cab driver in town. Let's listen to Johnny Doe tell us about his cab driving. Let's, for the next 
two minutes, let's pretend that we are cab drivers too. It's not so easy to make a living driving cab in this old town of L.A. You pick up a fare, listen to the troubles, hear the story that they had to tell. You take all their cussing, their fighting and their fussing, their calling names and other tricks as well. Oh, that's the life, that's the life of a cab driving man. Your tire's flat, you've got no jack, your fair called and complaining you were late. A thug just took your money, a fair hands you a 20, and gets all free because you got no change. You get accused of hustling and making all the women. On top of that, you're called a thief as well. Oh, that's the life, that's the life of a cat driving man. We'll pick up, that's the story of a cab driving man. We'll pick up, grab a fare wherever you can. And watch out, they don't run out on the fair. And be sure to tell the dispatching man. Dark and drive the gone in rain, fog and never kind of weather. Get kids to school, folks through the store, and watch out for the old man in the wheelchair. We'll always smile and be polite, but backseat drivers never right, but thank you for their trouble anyway. Oh, that's the life, that's the life of a cat. Pick up. pick up, that's the story of a cab riding man. We'll pick up, pick up, grab a fare wherever you can. And watch out, watch out, they don't ride on the fair. And be sure to tell the dispatching man. Pick up, that's the story of a cab driving man. We'll pick up, grab a fare wherever you can. And watch out, they don't run out on the fair. And be sure to tell the dispatching man you were there. Pick up. Yeah, I just, uh, I really only feel at home when I'm behind the wheel. I just, I only feel at home when I'm on the road. You know, the road is more my home than my house is. Because I'm just a cab driving man, you see. So my Tinder profile says, it says, I'm just a cab driving man.
Gotta shake that out. Just slap myself. This is the first time I've ever slapped myself on air. Gotta slap the the days off my face. Um, we're gonna continue on here now that we're done with roads and cabs and men who drive cabs. We're gonna move on here to a, a Kenny Chandler block. I'm going to play three songs by a fellow called Kenny Chandler, but it's not his real name. He chose the name Kenny Chandler. It wasn't simply given to him at birth. Turns out his real name is Ken Bolognese, or maybe Bolognese. B-O-L-O-G-N-E-S-E, an an Italian name, Ken Bolognese. Ken Bolognese or Ken Bolognese. A gross name either way. It makes you think of baloney. That's probably why he didn't go by Ken Bolognese. Oh, Kenny Bologna. Oh, yeah, we got this great singer. He's coming up. Uh, he's the best guy. And this guy, it turns out he's from central Pennsylvania. Oh, we got this kid. He's coming up in central Pennsylvania. He's just got the best voice. This kid, Kenny. Oh man, Kenny, uh, Ken Bolognese. We call him Kenny Baloney. Well, do you do you think with that name he's going to you know actually have success as a singer, Ken Kenny Baloney? Oh, let me tell you, this kid's voice—it's so good. You know, there's no way it don't matter what you call him. You can even just forget the Kenny. We don't even need to call him Ken. Just call him Baloney. We got a new singer. He's performing tonight. His name's Baloney. Kenny Baloney. Ken Bolognese. But it turns out he did actually have a different pseudonym before Kenny Chandler, which was Kenny Bo. Not a bad one. Kenny Bo. Still has a B like his true name, Baloney. Balonies. But Kenny Bo, that was a good name. But Kenny Chandler, that's like just a guy completely trying to distance himself from his ethnic roots. <laughs> you know, it's like Ken Bolognese, Kenny Bo. Eh, let's go with Kenny Chandler. Let's pretend that I'm not Italian at all. But yeah, like central Pennsylvania, just Pennsylvania in general is an interesting state. I've only been there once and I went to Gettysburg. I passed through whatever part of Pennsylvania that's even in I mean it's down closer to you know the Virginia Washington DC area but I I don't know too much about Pennsylvania on the whole I knew somebody who was from a small town outside of Pittsburgh and that blew my mind because you know my idea of Pennsylvania is Philadelphia a place I've never been to I've never been to Philadelphia, but still, like, culturally, that's my idea of Pennsylvania. But it turns out, you know, Philadelphia is right on the border of New Jersey and has much more in common with New Jersey than the rest of the state, whereas the rest of the state, I guess, is sort of the Midwest. From the way it's been described to me, most of Pennsylvania is very Midwestern feeling. But uh, old, old Kenny Chandler, a.k.a. Ken Bolognese, Kenny Baloney, made, made his way into a recording studio. But he's just a boy from central Pennsylvania. But the block that we're going to play here, we're going to start out with a song called Gonna Make You Pay. Then I Tell Myself. 
followed by Wait For Me. And my main concern is possibly, you know, his friends and family would also be in the courtroom. And do you think I would have to uh, give my address over the stand? You know, when I have to announce my name, when I know my name, when I have to announce my address, you're saying you're, um, they may get back at you, they may visit your house. What do you, what do you feel they might do? Well, um, it would be like a retaliatory type of thing, I think, you know. and I thought I'd better come and shoot it. I just feel that if somebody breaks into my home and they're armed and I'm armed, I'm going to do my best to protect myself. I tell myself you're not the only people on I tell myself you're not the only star within my reach I tell myself to leave you But I don't practice what I preach And so I keep on running after you I tell myself I'll get along without your company I tell myself that you're not worth the price I have Oh, my heart. 
was in the first track of the block gonna make you pay 
Spank you good, then kiss you tenderly. A little bit of an S&M hymn there. Pretty funny, especially for its era. Spank you good, then kiss you tenderly. He's talking about punishing a girl who he wants to come back to him. He wants her back, but he also wants to punish her. He wants to spank her. He wants to spank her. Did you hear what this, what he's, he wants her back, but he wants her back so he can spank her. That's the kind of guy Kenny Chandler is. You know, Kenny Chandler, it turns out, isn't even the guy's real name. He's some guy named Kenny Bolognese. They call him Kenny Baloney. He's from central Pennsylvania. He keeps changing his name because he likes spanking women. He's got a reputation for spanking women. Kenny, I don't care what his last name is now. He's probably already on to some other name. Kenny Chandler, Kenny Bo, Kenny Baloney. Makes no difference to me because to me, he's, he's Kenny Spank. He's a guy who goes around, he'll spank your daughter. He'll spank your wife. God forbid he spanks somebody else in your life. Moving on here to darker territory here. We're going to enter a little... The ride is taking a little dip. You know, you're on a Disneyland ride that's guiding you down a track. And this is where it takes that little dip and it takes you down to a, a place a little darker where there's ghouls. In this case, it's a, a uh, scaffold. There's a scaffold down there. Because the hangman's come to town. This is a song from 1959 by Bob Graves. Whether that's just a coincidence or not, I'm leaning toward probably not. I'm guessing his name isn't actually Bob Graves singing The Hangman's Come to Town. It's a little too perfect if your name is Bob Graves and you're singing about The Hangman. You're singing about capital punishment. But then again... You know, he could be a guy who was born Robert Graves. And throughout his life, people often comment on his name. His name gives him an inclination toward the morbid. He becomes more interested in death and morbidity because his name itself is a reminder of that. It's like my friend Miles has a, has a theory that I believe to be 100% accurate, which is that like, if you meet a kid who's obsessed with sharks, like, and this is a true story, actually. I was telling him once about a kid I grew up with, and I was like, yeah, he was obsessed with sharks, so they called him Sharky. And Miles said, well, did he look like a shark? And I said, yeah. And he goes, there you go. Sometimes if we feel like we, if we notice in ourselves that we look like a certain animal, like, if, if it's just something in its eyes, if we just identify ourselves with, like, a certain animal, if we look like one... We end up like kind of being interested in that. And I think it's the same thing if, you know, you have some other little detail about your identity. In this case, if this guy's real name is Bob Graves, maybe he's thinking about Hangman because he just spent his life being like, my name's Graves, so I might as well live up to it. Or maybe it's a fucking pseudonym that he thought would be clever when he sings dark songs like this. I don't know. Bob Graves, the Hangman's come to town. Take a little dive into the abyss here. But the thing about the abyss is that even when you dive straight into it, you still fall slowly. Mm-hmm. 
outside the jail from early dawn till night to build a scaffold strong, to build a scaffold high. Two lonely men stare through the bars at the noose that's hanging down. They're gonna die at sunrise, the hangman's come to town. They rode together two long years till a week ago today. Buddies to the end until a woman crossed their way. Now they're gonna die tomorrow for the sad mistake they've made. One is guilty, one is not, but they're both gonna pay. Hangman, hangman, check the knot, be sure it's good and strong. When the sun comes up tomorrow, you're gonna ride around. Two lonely men stare through the bars at the noose that's hanging down. They're gonna die at sunrise, the hangman's come to town. When love stepped in, friendship fled, these friends were turned to foes. Each one eager for the love that only one could know. They stepped into the dusty street, fate played a cruel scene. They drew in fire, too late they saw the girl had run between. Hangman, hangman, check the knot, be sure it's good and strong. When the sun comes up tomorrow, you're gonna ride around. Two lonely men stare through the bars at the noose that's hanging down. They're gonna die at sunrise, the hangman's come to town. It's over now, it's over now, and it's time to cut them down. Nice little jingle there. A little jingle about making sure that hangman uh, ties that knot right. I didn't hire you to be a hangman if you couldn't tie the crickin' knot right. Imagine being the hangman's supervisor. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not the hangman. I'm not the executioner. I'm the executioner's boss. But I'm also not the guy who ordered the murder. Or, or the, the execution. Execution, moido, what's the difference? But I'm not the the king. You know, I'm not the guy who, I'm not the judge. I'm just the executioner's supervisor, baby. So what what do you do for a living anyway, Eric? Uh, well, um, the last five years I've been a hangman's supervisor meaning I make sure that the executioners do their jobs right. We have a saying, it's kind of funny you ask, we have a saying at the job site, at the old scaffold, and we say, hangman, hangman, check that knot. Hangman, hangman, check that knot. It's, uh, it comes from an old uh, song by a guy named Bob Graves. Wrote it in 1959. You wouldn't believe it, but hangmen loved that song. So I make sure to play it to them. I keep my I keep my employees happy. I keep all those hangmen who work in my employ. I keep them happy by playing them that song once a day. It makes them feel heard. It makes them feel noticed. At the very least, it makes them feel like history hasn't erased them. Because it sort of has. You know, we still hear about guys being executed... But you don't hear about the the executioner or the hangman. 
we just think of it as like, oh, they they were in the death house. They were on death row and they gave him the injection or they I don't know if they still hang people. Uh, but you just it's just it's all like systematic. It's just like, oh, they went into that facility where you're supposed to die and they died. You don't think of it very hands-on. You don't think of the fact that a man is responsible, a hangman. So hangmen have been erased. Executioners have been erased. So, you know, give them that. Give them that song. We're going to move on, though. We're going to move on in just about every way. We're going to play a song by... We're going to play two songs, in fact, by a woman named Tammy Lynn... And she sounds like a doll. She sounds like a doll come to life who's singing to you. Like a blonde doll who's just somehow, it's like, come see the performing doll. Almost like a circus act. It's like you go to this event, like a roadside attraction, and it's like, come see the singing doll. And you're like, hmm, what is, is this going to be like a dwarf dressed up like a toy singing? Is this going to be some sort of child labor? Like they made a little kid pretend to be a doll. Is this going to be like a complete ripoff? It's going to be like a doll. Like, is it going to be a puppet? Is it going to be like a poorly operated puppet? And I'm going to, I'm going to regret spending my hard earned. I, I earned so much money. I, I work my hands to the bone, gripping that steering wheel of the cab. I work very hard driving that cab for money. And if I'm going to stop by a roadside attraction to see a singing doll, I better see a fucking singing doll, right? I better see a singing doll. I better see a singing doll. A singing doll. I better see one, all right? I think this is one, though. I don't think that this is a dwarf. I don't think this is a little person dressed up like a doll singing. I don't think this is a child. It sounds like a child, but I don't think this is even a child dressed up in doll makeup, which somehow we all know what that is. How do we all know what I mean when I say doll makeup? How is doll makeup different than any any other makeup? We just know. We know how doll makeup is different. No, but I think this is an actual doll. I think this is a real live doll. And the first song is going to be called Please Little Angel. The singer is Tammy Lynn. Tammy Lynn, which makes me think of Tammy Lynn Sitch, better known as Sonny, from pro wrestling fame. Beautiful, beautiful Sonny, Tammy Lynn Sitch. If you grew up when I grew up and you didn't have a hard-on for Tammy Lynn Sitch, I would ask, what were you looking at? If you grew up and you didn't have a hard-on for Tammy Lynn Sitch, a.k.a. Sonny, what were you looking at? Unless you prefer the the pro wrestlers, which, okay, go ahead. That means more Tammy Lynn Sitch for me. That means uh, my eyes get more of her. Because it turns out when multiple people are looking at something, they have to share that thing. There's only so much of that available, even though you're only looking at it. And when one less person is looking at it, that means more of it for you to look at. I haven't written the paper on it yet, but believe me, there's gonna it's gonna be cited. It's 
one of those papers that, you know, the citations, hundreds and th- hundreds of thousands of citations. But anyway, moving on, we're going to play two songs by Tammy Lynn, The Singing Doll, Please Little Angel, and The Way I Want You. What an amazing phenomenon you're about to witness, a singing doll named Tammy Lynn. capable of shooting and protecting myself that little 22 with the person who could still come after you something that could stop a person from coming any further i told my daughter yesterday that there was going to be a gun in the house it is going to be visible and uh guns kill you do not play with them and she's you know there she is panicked you know i'm scared and i says be scared that's the way you should be but don't be foolish don't touch it
probably the first time you've listened to a, a singing doll with a gun in her hand. How do you like that? Look, at, we're going to the show tonight. We're going to the cabaret. We're going to the cabaret. We're going to go see a singing doll with a gun in her hand. I feel like that must exist. That must exist. A, a singing doll with a gun in her hand, like a very glamorous doll, strutting her stuff on stage, holding a gun and a microphone in each hand. That's going to be my idea, because, you know, I mean, Hollywood is struggling. The entertainment industry is struggling. They're floundering, and there's no, there's no better evidence of the fact that the entertainment industry is struggling than the material they're producing. I mean, the material they're producing, it's like, it's as if somebody is deliberately tanking the entire industry, and I mean that. I don't think that's just a matter of my own subjective taste. I don't think that's my own bitterness. And I have plenty of that for other things. But in this particular case, I'm so uninvested in Hollywood. I'm so uninvested in the entertainment industry. And I'm not proud of that. I'm not, I'm not one of these people who's like, I don't even watch new movies. I don't even watch TV. You know, I'm not trying to be one of those people. I'm just saying that I'm truly uninvested in it. So I feel like I'm fairly objective when I say that that entire industry seems like somebody is deliberately tanking it. The sort of material that's coming out seems so bad. The intention behind it is so obvious. Even the things that once had some sort of value are have been exhausted. They've been exploited to the last bead of real, actual quality and energy that could make something good. Uh, so I feel like somebody is deliberately doing a nosedive. Somebody very powerful, maybe, is like, let's just kill this entire business. Maybe it's some sort of sacrifice. Because that seems like something worth sacrificing. You know, if a god or a pantheon of gods out there said, hey, we're not going to ask for human sacrifice exactly. We're not going to ask you to actually... Sacrifice, sacrifice real live human beings like you used to do. We want you to sacrifice a very important institution. And not something academic, not something political, something that everybody loves, that, ev- that everybody has found value in. I would go Hollywood. The entire entertainment business, here you go, gods, we're going to sacrifice this. Except the gods are smart, and if you tried to sacrifice that now, they would say, it's worth nothing. You're making a sacrifice that has lost all of its value. Where were you 60 years ago? In the 1950s, 1970s, that's when you should have sacrificed Hollywood to us gods, when it actually meant something. You're giving us scraps. But anyway, my idea to save the entire business, my idea to save Hollywood is to have a movie about a glamorous singing doll with a gun. She sings and she fires a gun off into the crowd. And her name's Tammy Lynn and she sounds exactly like that singing doll with a gun you just heard. I like that music. It's ridiculous to listen to music. It's, it's ridiculous to be a grown man listening to something that sounds that way. But there's something undeniably good about it. It's like the song Barbie 
girl, Barbie doll. <laughs> I believe it's Barbie girl, but I second-guessed myself. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm into this, this song by Aqua called Barbie doll. Barbie doll. Oh, you listening to Barbie doll? Uh, but anyway, we're about to close out this episode. Similar timing to last episode, actually. Not too far off from the same amount of time as that other episode from a few days ago. Two school nights in just a few days. And we're going to close this out with a fellow named Nino. And his group is the Ebb Tides. Good name, Nino and the Ebb Tides. Hey, Nino! Nino and the Ebb Tides! Obnoxious. Hey, Nino and the Ebb Tides! The song's called Happy Guy. It's not called Happy Guy! Happy guy. Nino in the ebb tides with happy guy. Nino. This is my nephew, Nino. The ebb tides, that's a good name for a group, though. That's creative. They're thinking about water. The ebb and the flow of the tide. Nino. Nino chose a good backing group. They're, they're good guys, Nino and the Ebb Tides with Happy Guy. School night, 85, closing out. Better we close out now than later. It is loneliness that I once knew Is no longer a part of me Cause since that girl told me goodbye I'm as happy as I can be. It's very scary. I just 
You know, like when he does come home or something, I just wonder, you know, I'm going to have to shout who's there or something, you know, if I have the gun, because I am, I'm going to be more aware, and I hope I don't get panicky. Well, I always announce I announce myself, even if I, if I am late, say if I uh, have had an occasion where I did come home with riding with someone didn't have my door key, and I always make it a, I always make it a point to announce myself and uh, tell her who it is. And of course, we have these people in the door, so you know, uh, there's a, it's pretty safe. I'm there, I stand there, you know, she'll turn the porch light on and say it's me, and she'll look and see that it is. Somebody's kicking the door down, and it's a different story. I mean, you're in the house and somebody's knocking your front door down, <clears throat> I'd say shoot them. This land is mine. God gave this land to me This brave, this golden land to me And when the morning sun Reveals her hills and plains I see a land where children and run free So take my hand And walk this land with me And walk this lovely land with me Though I am just a man With the help of God, I know I can be strong. So take my hand and walk. This land with me and walk this golden land with me. Though I am just a man, when you are by my side, with the help of God, I know I can be strong to make this land our home if I must fight I'll fight to make this land our own until is mine.